today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about working with men. Yeah, we know it's kind of like breathing, but sometimes we got to focus on our breathing. That's right. Let's focus on working with men. Let's do it. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And gosh darn it, we are so happy you've joined us today. How'd you like that, KB? I love it. Welcome. <laughs> Listeners, we are glad you're here. We are, but I just said gosh darn it because you told me I cuss too much sometimes. Well, I don't think I would have ever said you cuss too much. You can't cuss too much for me. I know. I love a salty friend. But also, sorry, listener. But our listeners, some may- of our listeners are like, oh, the swearing. I actually recently Whatever. learned that somebody else listens to us with their kid in the car and the kid laughs every time we cuss. <laughs> so at least <laughs> we provide comedic relief. Anyhow, why are we here? Because we want to talk about women and work because we want women to have ease, meaning, and joy in everything that they do, right? Sister? We want ease, meaning, and joy at work. That's right. So uh, today we're going to talk about how to do that and work with men at the same time, which turns out is possible. You can It is possible. It's kind of like like stating the obvious, right? <laughs> it is like when you're doing meditation, they say, focus on your breathing. And it does change the experience of breathing. So I think today our point is to bring that same awareness to working with men. And let's just call out cisgendered men, women. That's what we're talking about. That's the scope of our yeah. personal experience. Yes, it is. And also as women and the scope of the data. Um, Yes, In fact, one point. of the researchers that I read acknowledges it right off the bat. Like we are we are talking about cisgendered women and cisgendered men. And we are sorry. And we do not have the data to, you know, to to make any other conclusions um, in groups that identify elsewhere or as other than. How, is that is that the right way to say it? Other than other than cisgender. Other than cisgender. Yeah. OK, but backing way up. I also have to mention that we're recording this on the land of the Coast Salish people. Thank yeah, you. Mm-hmm. didn't forget it. I know you thought I was. No, gonna forget we acknowledge it. that we are here. Yeah, and grateful. Yeah, we are grateful. Mm-hmm. Unlike that person who hollered at you the other day. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Oh yeah. Um, okay, listeners. So I was at my office, and there's some activity in my around my office. I worked down in a downtown area. There's quite a bit of homeless activity, and I heard this like 20 <laughs> times. Somebody was like. Bitch, like twenty times, bitch. and it just like of this, speaking of cussing, and I was like sitting at my desk, which you can see me from the alley, and I was like, "Huh, I wonder if they're talking to me." <laughs> Typing away. What'd you do? I decided, hey, I think whenever somebody yells that kind of thing at me, I'm gonna assume they are not talking to me. So I was like, flush. They're not talking to me. And it just left my mind. It was the most fabulous thing. I'm going to recommend it to others. When people are saying weird stuff to you, I think you just assume they're not talking to you and walk away. When people are screaming obscenities at you through the window, just Just say, not me. Sorry. Just, yeah. You do not have to take that on. (laughs) I love that. However, if they are yelling things like, you look so good in those white pants, which is also what I wanted to say to you today. Thank you. (laughs) You should take that compliment. Unless Thank it's so weird much. and then you can just ignore, ignore it. it. Yeah. Unless it's a workplace harassment issue and then you can bring it up with your supervisor. Exactly. I'll talk to her. You know, she's, you know, we've talked about my supervisor quite a bit, which of course, she for those of you who don't know, is me. 
<laughs> yeah. Kinda, As kinda we bitchy. all know, is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Back to bitch. Sorry, moms with kids in the car. No, Holy those cow. kids are cracking up right now. Didn't yeah, we just cover kids. that? Those poor kids. All right. So why did we want to talk about working with men? Do you remember? Well, I think it was like that kind of master of the obvious thing. Yeah. Like we've been doing this when we're pushing on a hundred episodes. Yeah. And it's like, what makes work so difficult sometimes? <laughs> right. I mean, we talk about ourselves, which is yeah. obviously our focus. Our focus is on women. Right. What women can do and their experience and, you know, yeah. being their best selves, all that blah, blah, blah. But we've never really talked about, you know, what does make this so hard? We talk about discrimination. Yeah. Right. What yeah. does that look like? We talk about the data all the time, mm-hmm. but we've never really talked about Hey, Dag, what is it like to just work with men? Yeah. Because that is what makes it hard sometimes. It is what makes it hard sometimes. And also, if I remember correctly, what makes us us a little weird. I think you and I were talking Mm -hmm. about our own personal experiences, kind of shifting behavior or seeing ourselves act a certain way when we're working in a group that is predominantly men or we're stepping into an office or into a... um, workforce that's you know a male profession that's a whole nother side but like the way that we behave you and I behave Mm -hmm. that we were talking about that at one point we're pretty indoctrinated into the patriarchy yeah me me more so than you like I completely had learned how to function in a male dominated environment my clients were males my competitors were males and so I got really good at talking to white males. Yeah. Right. And I recognize now that I have a lot of behaviors and patterns that are really white male. And I think that's actually dysfunctional. Uh. Like I think my coping mechanisms have been to change myself. Uh And while they've been really successful and got me a lot of what I've wanted, I have to really work hard to change those and realize, you know what, that's dysfunctional, Kirsten. Yeah. Let's really turn like, let's just try and and, and and have this relationship head on, you know, human to human, as opposed to me contorting, shif- contorting yeah. shifting, changing who I am to somehow fit into some expectation that some man has. Which, interestingly, is the advice in 99% of the research, or not research, reading, online. Reading. Oh, yeah, this was so disturbing right? to me. Right, so listener, we... So we, as you know, do a fair bit of reading in advance of any show. And so you start doing the Google search, working with men, tips to work with men. What's it like to work with men? Gender differences, men and women. And I want to describe to you the situation. Kirsten was upset. That's why I want to tell you. I almost lost my mind. I was sitting in her office while someone probably was yelling bitch out the window. We didn't hear (laughs) her. And she was behind her computer and I'm just like trying to type down some thoughts on this, like, you know, note sheet. So like, how are we going to go this? And she's over there reading article after article after article about how to work with men screaming. Are you kidding me? Drink beer. This is ridiculous. This is the worst fucking advice. It was the worst advice. It was like stuff like drink beer, learn to play golf. Yeah. Oh. Try kindness. Oh, yeah. Try that. Mask who you are in every way and contort yourself to be more like a man, which is kind of what you were just saying works for you. Absolutely. Soften your language. Keep your personal life private. God knows we don't want you to be who you are. Yeah. Pretend you're less of a female, Mm -hmm, essentially. mm -hmm. Avoid conflict. Oh, God. Yeah. No, it goes on and on and on. Like the advice on how to work with men really is to contort yourself yeah. into what the patriarchy expects of you. Which is to beer be... and golf <laughs> and to be kind and to 
be quiet and soft and just all the things. And more acceptable and less like you. Yes. Which then leads me to the, so, so, which then led us to, no, first of all, I had to calm Kirsten down. I think I threw a, some cold water <laughs> on her. And then we had to think, okay, wait, what is, what can we honestly offer? What can we offer? What can we offer our listeners about this? Because clearly we're, that's not the advice we want to give. And so then we started looking at this uh, from a couple of different angles, one of which is what is documented in the literature about behavior differences between men and women. I think I find that endlessly fascinating. What do we know about how we behave and how men behave in general that kind of proves out in science? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. We I also did a dive, which what I thought would be really interesting into the the physical differences of our brains. Which is kind of all over the news a bit these days. Which is all over the news. And short story on that is nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Like it seems to be that research is heading to, there really are very few differences Mm -hmm. between men's and women's brains. Behavior, different story. Right. But the physiology, despite the headlines, Mm -hmm. and despite even things like coming out of I think Stanford was one of them who published a study. There was another group that did a met, like did, t- took a look at this on a global those meta, scale. Those meta surveys where they go and pull all of the data, all of the research, you know, studies yeah. and then compile them. Yeah. And they kind of debunked the brain stuff, but I still think it's worth talking about just a little bit because I think that's kind of fascinating. So we, and maybe you can decide if you want to say anything more, but this behavior stuff and the brain stuff also then kind of led us to, what given all of that what what would we honestly advise other women to do so that's kind of the roadmap for the show today having done it wrong for 30 years (laughs) what should we now (laughs) talk to people about doing it right yeah that's like again my friend lynn who said if you cannot be a good example be a horrible warning so here i am again let me tell you all the bad things not to do and i think i finally figured it out it's only taken several decades yeah it's i wonder though too like i would be really curious to hear from our younger listeners how much of this resonates or how much of the um how much of it doesn't? You know, like how many younger listeners are, have done the same contortions that you and I have done, Kirsten? You know, I wonder even Hayden, I have Hayden, to tell call you. your mama and tell her. Yeah, well, I I think that Hayden does it less than I do. Uh-huh. But I'm going to say, you know, she's in medicine, still pretty male dominated. Yeah. And I going to venture to say that despite her very strong, you know, feminist Bryn Mawr roots that she suffers or she experiences this. I talk to women lawyers all the time, new lawyers who have these experiences. So I don't think they're anything like mine was because there are different role models now. There are different experiences now, but they have these same issues. Okay. So, so you think you, it may be to a lesser degree, but not Oh, yeah. I don't think that they're not experiencing this. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. And before we launch into some of these behavioral differences and and et cetera. So we're going to, because of the, I guess, unknown nature, undecided nature or inconclusive, that's a better word, of the brain studies, I think we're really going to leave that. Yeah. Because, you know, all of these things you look at, like, oh, women have more gray matter or men's brains here are bigger. Women's brains there are bigger. Um this one meta study that Crean and I read says, listen, we think that all of these researchers brought their sexist bias to the table when they did this work because that's not what we're seeing. So let's just put a pin in that. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Put a pin in it. Let's talk about behavior then. Do you want to? Yeah, because that's more 
So that's clearly that supported is, by the data. Yeah. In fact, there's a woman named Diane Halpern. She's a doctor, PhD, past president of the American Psychological Association. And she wrote a book called Sex Differences in Cognitive Abilities. And she, I think, was one of the first people to kind of categorize plenty of human behaviors that have that have been replicated by other studies. And a couple of the things that she observed and again has been replicated elsewhere were that women excel uh, in verbal ability. Hello, podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, aren't we good? (laughs) We got this thing in spades, right? Pretty much all of them in verb in several measures of verbal ability, pretty much all of them. So number one, we're way better verbally. Uh, number two, our reading comprehension. <laughs> you know what's funny is what? I said the word reading comprehension. I read it off of my note sheet and I blo- I botched it. Well, it's your reading comprehension, but you knew what it was in your head. I know, but it was also verbal ability, my verbal ability. So I botched just- the verbal ability in talking about how awesome women are. But anyway, women's reading comprehension and writing ability were also consistently um higher than men on average and we outperform men in tests of fine motor coordination which makes sense i should tell you a story about barry backpacking in the backcountry. <laughs> i can't even his fine motor skills i was just looking like you, you're like a blunt instrument in fact i call him he's like it's five thumbs is that he, what it is i call him a blunt instrument he is not a fine he is no not fine a motor fine skills. motor but anyway and women also exceed in percep- perceptual speed which is very interesting. Which is very interesting. Yeah. What else? And retrieving information from your long-term memory. Yeah. Is that interesting? By the way, when Cree and I were doing this, putting this together, we kept saying, are we just going to talk about how awesome women are? And I was like, hells yeah. That's all we do is talk about how awesome <laughs> that was, women are. Frankly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if that's all you get from this is that women are awesome. That's what, great. That's Have good. We're Have just going to keep saying that over and over again. There are other. Okay. Di- back to the differences though, yeah. which by the way, occur really early in life. Yes. Right? Like even little kids, like like even infants, two to three months old, these, these what do you call them? Not proclivities, but these skills, whatever, behaviors, behaviors. Yeah, behaviors. Exhibit themselves even in infants. Yeah. It's crazy. The sec- the difference between mm-hmm. the boys of the little cisgendered yes. boys and cisgendered girls. Cisgendered boys and girls. Yeah. And we're just going to cisgender those babies at two or three months regardless of what they want. Right. We're going to assign you a gender That's at right. birth. We're going to assign you that gender. And because then we're going to in place, fits in with the data. We're going to put laws in place that prevent you from right. fully. Which of course, is not the case. Materializing. That. Yeah, actualizing right. your gender. Okay. Sorry about that. I don't mean to make light of that. And I just did. No, we brought it up because we're serious. I was serious about it. I was like, let's just acknowledge that we do call out to yeah. two and three month old babies their gender. And that's not fair. Yeah. That's not, that's not. That's not open. That's not welcoming. That's not bad. That's not what belonging is. Belonging is not about telling you who you are. Yeah. Belonging is about you telling us who you are and that that is that belongs to us. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Total, total tangent. Sorry. I, by the way, I, I like just, it, I, but it's a tangent. I love you. I just want to say I'm looking at you as so love much too, adoration friend. right love now you, because you just that's kind of stuff to skews I just off. Pulled in belonging. Right now, our listeners like, are you going to get <laughs> to men? GD point at yes, some point in this episode. Are. Yes, we are. Okay, other behavioral differences that are documented by science. Ladies, just hear it. Just soak it in because mm-hmm. you are awesome. You know, we're better. Uh, we're rated better than men on 
all but like two of the 19 key leadership capabilities. And we've talked about this before. This is the Harvard Business Review report that they have actually the two folks, the two men who have who have who are in charge of this study have done it a couple of times. Their names are. Oh, boy. You keep talking. I'll find the names. But these guys have done this, have reviewed their results several times to confirm its accuracy. Okay, so they do studies. They actually ask people to rate their supervisor. So these are based on self-reporting, supervisors rating themselves, and then also leaders having their subordinates or people around them rate them or peers. And in 17 of the 19 capabilities, um, that differentiate excellent leaders, women excel. Mm-hmm. 17 of the 19. By the way, it's Zanger and Folkman. Okay. And we've talked about those two guys before. Yeah, we have. And I just want to name a couple of those um, capabilities just just so just so you can puff up. Just ladies. You I'm can puffing. Just, you can hear this I'm and you can feel this. Women take initiative more frequently. We have more resilience. We practice more self-development. We drive for results. We display high integrity and honesty. We develop others, inspire and motivate others. We are more bold in our leadership. We Which, build- by the way, can we pause there? I love that one. Yeah. We are more bold in our leadership. Yes. Thank you so much. We build relationships. We champion change. We establish more stretch goals. We collaborate more. We build better teams. We connect more to the outside world. And there is more. It is phenomenal. Behaviorally and also kind of in the in practical terms, women outperform men in leadership. And frankly, I would say a lot of these things that I just mentioned aren't even necessarily exclusively leadership. They're just like in work. Take initiative. That's not just leadership. Resilience. That's not just that. They're just behaviors. They're just behaviors. They're just behaviors. I know, right? Power to you, sister, right? You looked at another study. I looked at another study because, I mean, I think people have probably figured out at this point that I really focus on, I believe in hard work. I believe in trying hard, right? Yeah. Yes. And I also feel like we've talked about this in caregiving. We've talked about this in um, mothering and all and several other episodes that we've talked about. But the allocation of work, who works more? Yeah. So according to the Poneman study, women work harder and longer than men. We've known this, right? Yeah. Do you have to work but, harder yeah. and longer to get to a place where there work. is a study, the Poneman study, that actually confirms that. that well, says, you, right. somebody could say, like, wait, women work harder and longer than men because they need to, like, to get the same results. But that's not what the Poneman study is saying. Right. No. no. I'm saying that there has been this lore, this story about women and work that we have to do more to get the same promotion men do, which yes. I have always thought was true. Of course, you have to be better to get the promotion. Yeah. And the Poneman side doesn't, it just says women actually do work harder and longer. That's yeah. what that is. To, and when, um, t- when tackling a task. They stick with it longer. They stick with it longer. Mm-hmm. With one, with- and here's the thing that blew my mind about the Poneman study that still blows my mind. Men who work with women work less than men who work with men. Yeah. Fascinating, isn't it? Yes. So here, so we talked about the behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. Women's behaviors. And we all, these are also other behaviors of men and women in the workplace that impact women's work at work. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. That is fascinating. I want you to say what you just said there again, though, because I'm not entirely sure what you mean. Just interpret that again for me. I will say it again. 
I'll say it again. Say it again friend. in a different way so I can I'll understand. It it. You know I'm slow sometimes. Way. You are not slow. No, sometimes I do I'm. talk fast. Well, it's not the speed at which. It is the... It's it, the concept that's so nuts to me. It's what you're putting down. So men who work with women. So yeah. you're a team of men and women. Yeah. You have two teams. One team is men and women. And one team is all men. And one team is... Thir- all, third team is all women. And that wasn't part of the study. It was. Oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah, it was. Ooh, we have to talk about that Women part. who work with other women stick with a task longer. Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. Yes, absolutely. I was thinking about who works harder. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Task longer. Absolutely. Got okay. it right. But in the this last piece of it that I was tra- that I was talking about that I'll try and articulate better is there's two teams. One team is men and women. One team is just men. So if you compare who works harder on each team, the men who work on the team with the women work less hard, work less hard than the men who just work with the men. Got it. OK, so like that to me blew my mind, too. Like if there's women around, they just don't do as much. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It is a stinking scientific study and it confirms so many things, I believe. And so what? Like, So then we're like, OK, so what yeah, are you going to so do? What? So like if you're working with men and you're the most brilliant person in the room, clearly, according to science, mm-hmm. and your behaviors are like you're sharper and you're more you're more astute verbally or is that right? I don't even know. I think that's fine. And you're you're making connections and you can tap into your long term memory and you're clearly, you know, got leadership capacities and you're a hard worker and the guy over there is working less what's the solution well say i want to come back to what the solution is not okay Okay. the solution is not to drink beer or learn to play golf yeah the solution is not to be like a man Mm -hmm. the solution is not to be less than who you are or other than who you are yeah like to me those are all non-starters not that i'm not happy to drink beer sometimes I've never seen you happy to drink beer. It's hot outside. I'm happy to drink a beer. But I think this, for me, remember we were talking about this originally and you were over there having your... Um, Cocktail? Uh, <laughs> good guess. No. Uh, you, were, <laughs> guess. you were just behind the computer so hot. And oh, not, yes. I was I so, sa- I was so, so angry upset. about this. I said, you know what my solution is? Take up space. Yes. Take up space in every mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. You know... And I think that that's what we're saying. It's like, it's not drink beer and learn how to play. It's be who you are. It's, yes. it's be who you are. Empower, embody exactly who you are, all the lovely and beautiful and things. take up all of the space. Take up all of the space. Take up all of the space that you need to be you. That's right. Right? And so, and, and we did find a couple of authors who wrote some great things about how, how you do that. How do you take up space in every way, shape or form? Mm -hmm. And how do you empower other women to do the same thing? And honestly, one of the greatest, um, suggestions that I came across was to surround yourself with powerful female role models. And I know I've said this a lot. Um, on the episode, but Kirsten, you were that for me for a very long time. You know, I was coming into the, my, the first really big leadership job I had, uh, I was able to look to you to how do I do this? Not how do I do my job? How do I behave? And is it even possible? Do I belong here? Do I deserve Mm -hmm. this role? Mm -hmm. And can I do it with the the grace that I want to bring to it? Not the maleness Mm -hmm. the society asks me to and um 
turns out research shows that when women are exposed to powerful female role models like I was back in the day in you, they are more likely to endorse the notion that women are well suited for leadership roles. Like you can see yourself in it because somebody Mm -hmm. else is there. And so one of the ways, again, to work with men is to also build a network of women to mm-hmm. see, absolutely, to find the women who are doing the kinds of work that you are doing. And in fact, we did an episode or even on this. to even who are living their lives in ways that you respect, want to emulate. Yeah. You know, yes, it's that I I love this. It's like, what is the solution to figure out how to work with men? find really powerful, strong, excellent role model women to hang out with. Yeah. Now there, there are all kinds of places to find these women, right? There's women's business organizations, right? There's, you know, women's business networking groups. There's women's business book clubs. Like there's women's business. So many things. We're speaking at a women in business conference. We're speaking at a women in business conference in October. There's so many of these opportunities in addition to what created, which is like reach out and say, Hey, Let's let's have a let's talk, which was so great, right? Yeah. And what's also I want to for people who are seeking out those strong role models, those mentors, boy, you know, whenever you engage in that, whenever I I'll say it, speak for myself, whenever I engage in those conversations with women who want to do that, the rewards back to me are huge. Yeah. So there's a lot to the person who is like mentoring too. Sure. So don't just feel like, oh, I'm asking them to do something for me. I mean, be respectful, of course, as we talked in our mentoring show with the famous Cheryl Strayed. Oh, God. But yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for this. And to think that this is one of the, one of the antidotes. Yeah. Find strong women. Find strong women. And when, and though, and strong women, and you are also, recognize you are also a strong woman. Yes. Who may be able to reciprocate or mentor others. And again, you know, research shows that over time, maintaining these mentor-like relationships, even outside of the workplace, Mm -hmm. when you change, when you change jobs, when you, is also incredibly powerful. I recently had a cocktail with somebody who I used to work with, who reached out via text and said, you know what, I'm actually now mentoring someone in my life and it's made me appreciate the time that I had with you. And I just had a beautiful connection with her recently. Because that's part of the research too. Right. It's like engaging in that connection with other women really does help us address dealing with men in the workplace. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Which I don't want to other, I mean, I think I just want to call out too. It's like, I don't want to other or us and them it, but damn it. Oh no. Um, women have a completely different experience in the workplace it's than just, men do. It is. And it's been, it's a, it's been a long time coming to recognize that and to address that and to just be candid about that. And it just is what it is. And we can, as I said about the other thing, we can get to belonging. Yeah. We just have to do the work and tell the truth to get to belonging. Yeah. Right. And this is part of it. Doing the work and telling the truth to get to belonging. Sure. Right. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Next up, friend. What else you got? <laughs> okay. Check. Next. <laughs> Because we got we got to keep it rolling, right? Yeah. Um, well, I would say basing or um, riffing off of all of those leadership capacities that we just referenced or that I just mm-hmm. referenced, mm-hmm. recognizing that your strength is in your ability to build relationships and not necessarily coming out as this like uh, powerful, like, you know, a stern, overly, mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, dude like. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we read like p- 
powerful women recognize that others will have different perspectives than them and they listen and they persuade rather than preach. So owning your strength Mm -hmm. as a woman and your traits and the behavioral differences that your gender, cisgender, embodies and use to the extent they do, however they do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That being kind of strong in yourself. Yeah. Like being strong in your mind with who you are. Um, yeah, that is one of the ways to deal with working with men in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. Be your, be your beautiful self. Mm -hmm. Um, what about you? This, this next one on our list reminds me of you. Which one? Set boundaries and don't bring yourself out. (sighs) Oh, so good. See, she picked the one that I'm working on. There's one down below that I've already figured out that I thought she was talking about. Oh, tell us about that one. Okay. I'll figure it out as opposed to the one that I'm still struggling with. Which is the pitch in like, oh, yeah, you know, I was told once by my male partner, the receptionist had to leave suddenly for something. And so I was a new I was a new lawyer, my new associate. And I just sat down behind the desk and started picking up the phone because that's what you do. And he said to me, if you sit behind that desk, people will think you're a receptionist. Mm. Right. And I was like, "Mm, okay, like. I thought to myself, I just want to pitch in. I want to help. And I'll deal with the repercussions of that later. Yeah. Like when I walk into a room with a client in there, I say, and they don't have coffee or water. I'm like, hey, can I get you a cup of coffee or water? Sure. I don't hesitate to do that because for me, it's an offer I make. It is. It is something that I give with grace and abundance and, you know, generosity So just because you're offering somebody coffee doesn't mean like in the olden days you say, oh, never make the coffee. Yeah. Whatever. And I just don't believe that. It's really okay to pitch in. Right. Again, that's like embody who you are. Embody who you are. If you're somebody who wants to contribute in that way because you're you're kind kind. and generous, then do it. Yeah. I will say, though, that I'm also wary of these gender ruts. You know, yes. I don't want to be if I'm in a room, I, I make a point. Sometimes I'm a good note taker and I'll be able to take notes for the group. But I'm not the secretary oh, yeah. because I'm the see, only woman in the room. See, I'm not that generous. I am not the secretary because I want to focus on what I'm saying. Yeah. And I am not willing to be generous to compromise what I want to say so that I can record what everybody else wants to say. OK, so that's what I mean, where I think I figured this out. Sure. Like I'm generous where I want to be. Here's your cup of coffee. Da 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 da. But I'm also not going to compromise what I have to say or my experience. Okay. Right? Do you see what I mean? That's I do. why I, I think I figured yeah. it out. You no, think... I'm never taking the notes. Like when you said notes, I was like, well, notes? Why would you do that? Yeah. Right. I can, okay. I can I'm see. not leaving the room to make copies. Right. Because I don't want to miss anything. But you're doing the you're doing something else that, yes. that feels genuine and kind that might also right. fall into the like do not do don't list. Don't make coffee. No, I don't I don't agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do agree. With and let's go back to the issue that yeah, I'm struggling with: one? setting your boundaries and not burning yourself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I it be, because we got to do this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. We're in for yes. the long haul because when you set boundaries, you protect yourself. Yeah, and when you protect yourself, you're more of yourself. Yeah, when you're more of yourself, you're more capable of presenting yourself in the workplace as who you are. Yeah, as opposed to what is expected of you of the patriarchy. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, set the boundaries. Don't bring yourself out. We know that. And this is one. And set your container. Right. Remember that boundaries episode was all about just like, keep my container. container. Here's all my goodness in my container. Where your container is and where it starts and stops. 
and these really are like this this next one too is about slowing down Mm. another thing I really struggle with when I slow down as opposed to just reacting I can make better decisions about how I react Uh like I don't like leap up to take care of something that needs to be taken care of yeah in a meeting okay I don't leap up I have I don't I try I try and think hmm what am I doing? What's the next step? Will I miss something? But that slowing down, especially for me, is a really good thing because it allows me to think yeah, about what I'm doing. And about how you want to mm-hmm. behave. As opposed to falling into some expectation that I have put in my brain or I feel like somebody else has of me. But that just slow it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that's like know who you are. Know what your boundaries are. Choose. Choose what you are going to do. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you got to slow slow down a bit. Right. And live in a soup of strong, wonderful, supportive women. Yeah. That really great network of other women. Right. It is not about being more like a man. It is not about... Changing who you changing are. Changing who no, you are. not at all. And who you are, if we need to remind you of the statistics, who you are is phenomenal and uh, i mean not that we need statistics to know this but according to the science even amazing amazing <laughs> capable spectacular right. Right. beautiful courageous mm-hmm. um did i already say capable and strong i love capable twice i i had a really interesting experience with somebody today that i wanted just to throw out there i met with a friend of mine who's black a woman and she has a group of black women that she meets with and i said to her God, that must feel so good Hmm. for you Mm -hmm. to sit in the room. And she was like, she was funny. She laughed at, oh, we have our stuff. But she's like, it does. Hmm. And I think that's true for us as women, too. It feels really good to sit in a group of women and have conversation and be together. Right. It's just not that we're always there, of course, but it just feels good. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean when I say live in the soup. Yeah. Live in the soup of that goodness. Yes. Right. Okay. I and, love it. I think that's a spectacular. Isn't it? I mean, I just thought about that. Just, that's very similar to the experience I was like you, thinking, oh, you're probably having this experience. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Last one. Oh, the hard one. <laughs> I, it's interesting because it's it's get re- get really good at failure. Mm-hmm. Get really and, good at and this, failure. And the author of the um, article that we pulled a few of these from, I think it's called Seven Surprising Things I Learned from Working with Powerful Women. She says, by getting it good, really good at failure, you can understand how you can change and then carry on. Recognizing that the culture is not set up for women Um, So you may feel unsuccessful. You may feel harder hit. You may feel less than. And when you can kind of release that, you can release those emotions that are tied to not necessarily always doing the best. Or having the experience you want or behaving the way you want or whatever it happens to be. And we're not talking about like, and she's not talking about like messing up on a project. Yeah. Right. She's talking about how you conduct yourself in what for most of us is a male dominated workforce, yeah. even when it's has a lot of women in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but recognizing, yeah, I don't know if I really did that right. So what can I do different next time? I'm going to do that. That'll be better. As opposed to, you know, beating yourself up about it. Yeah. Using it as a learning expect, getting really good at not doing it right so that you can get better. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Spectacular. All right, friend. 
That's it. Hopefully, how about women and those that identify as women have gleaned some great tips to working with men? I like it. Okay. Women and those who identify as women have gleaned some tips about working with men. Yeah. Because we do it all the time. We do it all the time. Good luck out there. Time. Good luck, sisters. We're with you. Okay. We're with you. Bye. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 